Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. And what we're really discovering is that the lifescape is how we see ourselves and how we see our lives. And um, if you've been here for any length of time, we have a, like a vision statement, like a mission statement, um, says, which goes like this. It's the adventure starts here. And one of the things we're going through this Lifescape series is that the adventure of our lives really starts in here. How we see ourselves ultimately impacts how we see our lives. And, and God really wants to challenge or rather convict us of how we see our lives, how we see the restrictions, how we see the opportunities, how we see um, God moving in our lives, how we see our relationships, and then really transform them into something that would make our lives see. It's like this song, This Is Living, like black and white going to color. It's, it's when we look out and we see our lives as more opportunistic, as more hopeful, as more powerful, as more, as more um, authentic, because we're seeing things for what they really are. And that's really the heart behind this series. Uh, we started off in um, chapter 12 of Romans. Um, it's, a, it's a letter, a manuscript, that Paul wrote, writes to a bunch of Roman churches. And, um, and we started in verse 12, um, chapter 12, but now we're going kind of backtracking to um, verse, um, sorry, chapter 8. And I'm going to read um, some verses to you real quick. These are um, Romans 8, 1 to 4. Um, if you want to follow along in your Bibles, you can. If not, we're going to put it on the screen for you as well. It says this, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, to those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit in life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. And that's an amazing um, set of scripture, and um, we've been focusing on that. And my installment this morning is this. It is the power of influence. The power of influence. Because how many people know we are called to be people of influence? And we influence people no matter if, whether we believe we're influential or not. The definition of influence is this. It's the capacity to or action of having an effect in the character, development, or behavior on someone or something. It's also the power to shape policy, ensuring favorable treatment from someone, especially through status, contacts, or wealth. We all impact people with our lives. Um, even just today, when you um, when we came into this place, we were we've been experiencing a service which other people put together for us. Yeah. People came in before many of us, myself included, got fully dressed and set up all the chairs, practiced the songs we sang. They, people are influencing our lives, and and when we're in this place together, when we commune, we're actually influencing one another. 
You don't know what the life that somebody next to you has been having, but maybe just your praise in the songs, maybe just your stepping out in faith, maybe just your declarations is exactly what the person next to you needs to maybe think, oh, if they feel that free, maybe I can have freedom as well. Maybe if, if they can sing, and why, why can't I maybe sing and then see what happens? And, and a lot of the times, this is a testimony where they see somebody sees somebody that's like so free and so in expression of their faith. And then all of a sudden, that empowers them to step out. Yeah. We're all influencers. And when we're next to each other here, we influence one another. That's the mission of the church. That's the very fundamental um, foundation of the church is when we come together in a place like this and Junction Church is when many people's lives converge, many people's experiences they share, they also um, share testimonies, share strengths and it's like we share our wisdom, we share our life experiences and it's like as iron sharpens an iron so a friend sharpens a countenance of his friend and then we go from this place on a Sunday then we go into our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with the strength new, newly given to us and we can impact our world, we can, we can lead our families because we're called to be people of influence. And there's power when we realize who we are in Jesus, who we are in ourselves, so then we can actually have a better outlook, have a better position, a vantage point, so we can impact our lives. For our lives are, um, like the verse said, we're free. The law of sin and death has been broken, we are now free. And there's power in that. Now to understand the power, we have to understand the source. We have to understand the source. Um, For those of you who don't know, Slurp. For those of you that don't know, I am the um, son-in-law of the lead pastors here, so they're away so I can tell a story about them. All right, so um, I don't know if any, any guys are here, but, you know, I, and when you go into a relationship, right, and the hardest part is, or the most daunting part, isn't necessarily the relationship itself. It's not the girl itself. The girl's the easy part. Okay, that's the wrong word. Um, sorry, but... That's not the bit that not, that's not the bit that really gets me, right? It's not the bit that really worries me and makes me feel over. It's not that. It's it's when you when you get to know the girl, you realize you have to get to know the family. <laughs> and this is different for a lot of people. And people will sort of think, oh, it's a fa- well, the girl's easy. No, the girl, you know, we 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 share laughs. We have so much in common. But then the family don't like me. The family don't understand me. The family don't have my best intentions at heart. So, and then that also puts a strain on the girl because the girl, most, for the most part, knows the family longer than you. So they're kind of like, you know, if they're to choose, they're going to go family. But, but the thing is with this, it's, it's that we have to then try and win them over. For some people, that's a battle. Um, for, for me, it wasn't so much of a battle. Um, Kevin Shaw were really nice people, so this sort of this thing was um, not as bad for me. But, I, but to, get them to, be, <laughs> to get them to be confident with me and who I am, I had to spend a lot of time at their house so, they can, so I can get to know them. But more importantly, for them to get to know me so then they can entrust Heidi to me to then lead our relationship, family, etc. So, um, so I spend a lot of time at their house. And... Whenever I'd stay over, we would have uh, things like coffee and tea and stuff. And so I'd be up in the morning, and Pastor, Pastor Kevin would be up, and he'd be out to walk the dog, so we'd have a cup of tea before he would go away. And he would say to me, oh, hey, schnazzle, because that's his term of endearment for me. <laughs> 
because we're that tight. Um, he, so he said, hey, Schnazel, would you like a cup of tea or coffee? And this was a totally fine request. But at this time, I did not drink tea or coffee. I hated tea and I hated coffee. So then I would just sort of, you know, say yes because I was being polite. I'd be like, yes, actually, I hate coffee. But, but it, was, it was like that. And I just, through gritted teeth, I would just accept the kind beverage. But what I didn't realize is what it, that would then ensue. One coffee at half six. Um, and then the family start to get up at around, you know, half eight, nine. And then we're, we're having another cup of coffee to wait for everyone to get ready for breakfast. That's two. And then with breakfast, we have a cafeteria. That's three. And then we're just sitting down at the table. And then Kevin puts, brings up another, like, cup, pot of tea and then puts a tea cozy on his head. And that's four. <laughs> that's four. And now it's half eleven. So you see where this is going. You see that someday foods like teetotal in terms of coffee now is in the place of totally caffeine-infused. There's more caffeine in my blood now. And then they wonder at half 10, 11 at night, I'm not tired, right? But where, where is the point of influence? Where is the point of transition? No, it was like from here I was totally, you know, didn't drink tea, didn't drink coffee. I like had Lucasade Monster and all that stuff. But, but I hear I didn't drink coffee. And to now I drink black coffee, espresso, sorry, not espressos, espressos, <laughs> Americanos, lattes, all that sort of stuff. And tea as well. And, um, and I'm also now a, a gold member at Starbucks for the third year running. <laughs> so that is a lot of change. <laughs> And what even alarmed me is this. Years after I started going out with Heidi, I was at my desk at work. And I don't know how many of you guys have worked desk jobs, but sometimes it's not the job itself that tires you. It's how you think about your job and how much you have to do that knackers you out. So I'm, I'm sitting at my desk. It's like 9 o'clock in the morning. And, and I just look at, oh, I have to answer this email. I have to send this off. And I have to go here. And I have to do it. And these words literally came out of my mouth. I said, I could murder a coffee. Like, what does that even mean? Right? From a place of, now, now I didn't drink tea or coffee, now I'm homicidal over coffee. Uh, where does this come from? Right? I could murder a coffee. And was, I was, that came out of my mouth and was like, something has gone wrong here. Something is wrong. And I realized this, it's not, it's not a point of influence, it's a place. It's a place of influence. Because it's what we are in that determines our source of influence. It's what we are in that determines our source of influence. Um, Pastor Laura spoke about serving in the church. Now, where you invest, that's where you root yourself in. You're far more likely to appreciate something that you yourself sow into. So it's what you're in actually draws your influence. It draws your hopes. It draws your ambitions. It draws the things and gives you a trajectory of life. I remember years ago when I came to a relationship with God and I started coming to church and stuff, I had a conversation with my dad um, and I said to him, oh, um, I've been going to church and I've come to know Jesus, it's amazing and uh, this is what he's been showing me and this is what's happened and these are the people I've met and, and, and he's saying, oh, that's, that's great, son, but what you have to do now is this, you have to get Christian friends. And I was just like, I'll be fine, you know, like, dad, I'm 22, I'm a big boy now, right, I can handle this. Okay, I can handle it. But the next few months, I was led to a point where I really understood that it wasn't about my faith. It was about what I was in, what I was planted in that affected the decisions I made. And Paul writes to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15. 
And this church is really, um, the society that this church is in, is called Corinth. It's a really paganistic society, um, a lot of lewd activity that was going on that we would find by today's standards quite obscene. And if you're a lady of ill repute, your nickname would have been a Corinthian girl. That's what we're dealing with when Paul is writing to them. And he's writing to them in a response to a lot of problems they were having in their church. The culture of society was creeping in and there were, there were people doing various things with family members and, and they were saying things about going out and being, going to party and all this sort of stuff was permissible for them. They said all things were permissible. And, and Paul planted this church years ago. Then he reads this and he, and he writes back to them. And he's, and he's kind of appalled, but he's trying to be loving in a way. And he says to them, don't be fooled by those who say such things. And that sounds really obvious, right? Obviously, nobody wants to be fooled. But he had to write it because some people were fooled. So he says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. So our human nature tends to have us yielding to the greatest pressures. You see, my dad was trying to warn me of peer pressure. Pastor Kevin spoke a few weeks ago on pressure points. We all have pressures that we yield to when we feel weak, when we feel like, you know, there's no other choice. And because we yield in these things, we tend to live like, we, like life is out of control. Life, you know, things happen. You know, and the, the market crashed or, or um, family did this and, and then it feels like our choices and our, our, are limited and restricted to what we have in front of us. And, and can I just tell you, the good news is that you're not under control by your circumstance. You only are under control when you give away control. It says this in Romans 8 and 9 um, in the New Living Translation. It says, but you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're not controlled by your sinful nature, but you are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. But wait a minute. Control. If I'm under control if I'm sinning and I'm under control when I'm not, don't have control when I'm not sinning, where does, the, where does my choice come in? You see, the problem with this is, um, I'm not going to go into too much information about the background of where the translations and stuff come in. If you want to do that, you can head to the information point at the back after service. But, <laughs> heads up, Moses. <laughs> um, so, but it's not about, it's not about where these, these things come from. It's like the, the, the controls. The truth is that it's not about control. The, the term there was, that's translated controlled is actually a positional term rather than a, like an operational, like it wants to seize. It's not about seizing. It's about you being positioned. It's about being positioned in rather than being controlled by. So there's a difference. And, and that makes it more applicable for us here because without control, if you, don't have, if you add control, you take away the power of relationship. Like, I've been watching um, a TV series called Jessica Jones, based on the Marvel comics, and the, the villain in that is um, a guy called Kilgrave, and his power is that if he's in audible, um, if he's in the same room as somebody, he can just tell them to say, for example, if I were to tell um, Dusan to go and stay, stare at the subwoofer and never look away, he would have to do it. That was the, that, so that was his power. And the irony is that that's, he, had, he had to use people for his power to work. But since he was controlling them, there, were, there was no relationship. 
and the darkness of his character, the, the craving in his heart was he really wanted relationship with people. But since they couldn't choose him, he had to control them. And since he controlled them, they had no capacity to reciprocate any affection. But God's not like that. God doesn't force you. He gives you an opportunity to, to choose him, to will for his will to be done in your life. It's about you choosing, actively choosing and walking out what he has in front of you. The Lifescape series is this. It's, it's see what God has got in front of you. See what God has got and get it. Go and get it. If it's given to you, he, he will actually see that you get it. See, the promised land, if I want to, I'm going to go here real quick. I'm not going to say much. But just if you look at the Old Testament, the promised land, they could only take it because it was first given. It was first given to them. So they can only give, they can only take a hold of what God gave to them. It's not about them wanting. It's about God giving, God giving generously. He gives us our will generously, even if we use our will to do bad things. And that's the greatest gift, but it's about position. What you're positioned in affects your source of influence. I'll read this um, again in the Romans 8 verse 9 in the New King James translation. Apparently that's the only Bible God reads. <laughs> it says in verse 9, You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Romans 10, 8 and 10, I love this. It says, and if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And that righteousness is not you do to get. It's not about doing to get. It's you receive it and then you live in it. I can't, I can't live in a, a house that I'm not given. You know, I can't... I can't um, I can't accept a gift I'm not given. His gifts are given and thus then we can live in a gift. It's free gift from God for his, by his grace. It's, it's, not, it's not us working to be righteous. It's us walking and being led in righteousness which God leads us. So where does that leave us as people? If, if God is, if God is um, he offers us righteousness, he offers us right standing, then why is it that sometimes we don't feel like we're free? Why is it that sometimes we don't feel like we're walking in freedom? Because it's what we're in. You see, maybe if you may be a, like a natural, um, natural cynic or, you know, you like to go to the jokes and, and it's hard for you to take a, a circumstance seriously. It's not, a, it's not like a birth defect. It's what you're standing in. Everything about you um, except your name and what, what you're brought into, that wasn't your choice but everything since then was your choice and everything you have in your life is a summation of all the choices that you have made so which is why i struggle sometimes when there's when people say things like oh um choices already made it's already predestined for you but then if things were already decided for us then why would we have things like teachers why would, we, why would I have to go through school? Why would I have to listen to my parents go on and on and on and on and on and on and on? Why would I have to do that? So they can better equip us for the choices we have to make. So we can better be equipped. You see, when, when you are in Christ, that is when you are equipped with everything you need to live a godly life. 
It's in Christ. It's in him. It's not in your own strength. It's not in your own striving. It's in Christ, which he's already fulfilled. Like the, like the um, verse said before, it's he, his life, his life broke the law of sin and death. It's his life. He did it and we get to walk and receive it and walk in it. You see, with control, there's only function. I know we know that internally. There's only function with control. As many times as you ask Siri, Siri cannot love you. (laughs) Siri is a tool for you to use. But with influence... This is where it changes, when God influences us, when we influence our family, when we influence our friends. It's not about control or function, it's about flow. It's about flow, it's something that replicates. And that comes from this word life, and I really love this. It's, um, there's no English equivalent for it, but this word life um, in uh, verse 10. And it's, it's from this Greek word zoe, which is where the name comes from. And it's an amazing, amazing definition. It says here that Zoe, a life real and genuine, a life active and full of vigor, blessed and eternal. When you are in Christ, you get the life of Christ. Real, genuine, active, vigorous, blessed and eternal. That life comes to you when you accept Jesus. When Jesus is in you, you're in him. You share with his life. And that is what, and that's what happens in the life of every believer. That's what I experienced years ago when I accepted Christ into my life. I expected, I, I received a presence that I hadn't seen before. I knew what my life was like and then this happened. And then it's just like, oh, I've been, I've, I've come alive. I've, I've been awakened. It's like I was dead and now I've been raised to life. It's like I was awake and now I'm, I was asleep and now I'm awake. I see much more clearly. I see much more hopefully. But that's, that's because the hope, the hope was already assured in Christ Jesus. It was already given in Christ Jesus. And I received Christ Jesus and I walked in that because he did it for me. He, he gave me his life and then I walk, started to walk in his life. Then I realized the difference and, the, and the, the contrast changed from what I was like before to what I'm like now and walking in now. And it's, it's a change from God came to meet me rather than me trying to act and achieve and, and all this sort of stuff. But, but the thing is, when God comes into your life, you will see your life for even greater than what you saw it before. Because the opportunities, the, the, the color, the people, everything changes when you see how God sees things. It's like you love how you can never love before. You can yes. give like you're never, you can never give before. You can serve like no one else before. It's because when you get filled with life, it's a life that keeps giving. It's a life that keeps flowing. It's a life that just comes out in whatever you do. You don't have to speak. You don't have, you can just, your presence can just meet with someone and make someone feel okay. Yes. Someone know people like that. That's a gift and that's a gift of the spirit, a gift of the spirit of God. Of comfort when, when, when people are in circumstances like this or in, they can just be, they can just be um, next to somebody and then what God has put in them just oozes out of them. That's because it's a gift of the Spirit. You see, God is not a forcer. God is, you are not brought here to be forced to do something. You are not forced to believe something. God is not a forcer. He will not force you because that will then disempower the relationship. That, that won't be in line with his character because he's a God of love. And without choice, there is no love. So he wants you to choose him. But God is a filler, not a forcer. Yeah. 
He's a filler, not a forcer. He will always fill your life. So it doesn't matter if you look at your life and you think, oh, I have a job loss here or a family breakdown there. I mean, sometimes I thought like that in my own life and, and I'm so challenged by this because when I look at it and I, and I really look at my life and I see lack, and I thought, well, hang on a minute. Shouldn't any, any perception of lack, shouldn't that be an extra call to resourcefulness? If, if you go um, to Elisha and, the, and he um, told um, a woman to pour a jar of oil into several different jars and it multiplied, he started with the question, what do you have? What do you have? It's a call to resourcefulness. Creativity is not found in being thespian or musical or dramatic or artistical. It's found in resourcefulness saying, what do you have and what can you use what you have to impact your world? That is where creativity is. It's being one with God. It's, if you spend more time with God, he'll teach you how to be more creative, to create more opportunities when you feel there's none, to create more resource when you feel you're just dry. That's how God moves in life. That's how God multiplies lives. It's when he brings himself and you reflect him. When you think there's no way he makes our way, that is creation. That is creativity. That is our God. And that is what happens when our lives are filled by God. Filled by God, and He leads you into a greater life. Because with God, it's a crescendo. One glory to the next, glory to the next, glory to the next. There's always motion. Sometimes we long for yesteryear and we get when we get caught in all the blessings here, but that was good for this season. What God's here won't get us there. So we sometimes we just look at that and think, oh, if only, if only. But God's trying to open up our eyes to the opportunities and things available to us now, to us here. See, God always leads us into greater, but it takes us to realize who he's made us to be. People of influence. Influence is using what we have to impact other people. And God did that with Jesus. He used Jesus to impact the people on earth. Obviously, he came to die so then we can have a a resurrection life when we put our belief in him. But all the people he was around, he impacted with his presence, with the things he taught, with the things, with how he loved. He radically changed people's lives because he brought radical truth. And it's only truth that sets people free. But sometimes we want, to, we want to long for a hopeful thinking rather than truthful thinking. Truthful thinking which sets you free. And the truth here is this. It's that when you realize you're a person of influence and God is trying to use you to change people in your life, you will see that there's a life before you that is greater. You will see there's a life of power and authority like nothing else. There's a life that will absolutely blow anything else out of the water. You will think, why on earth did I live that life before? Every decision I've ever made to follow Jesus was always followed by the follow-up question, why didn't I do that sooner? It's because Jesus is a filler and not a forcer, and he leads us in paths of righteousness. And I'm going to close with this in Psalm 23. It's a beautiful psalm. Many of us have seen it before. Many of us have seen this before, but um, I'm just going to read this and look at this from the lens of influence, of supernatural influence. Look at this from the lens that whatever season of life you're in, it's that the Spirit of God leads you, and he leads you into, through every path you need to go, and along the way he will resource you for the journey. Every way you go. It says here in Psalm 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What an amazing statement. Yeah. 
especially in days like this where we face job losses, we face, you know, we face financial strain and we just can't figure out how to go. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I will be in no place of lacking because it's found in my shepherd, the one who's guided me, influencing me. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. What you are in determines your source of influence. In the house of the Lord, all these things are found. You will find restoration. You will find the oil of joy for your mourning. You will find all these things that you think aren't available to you. But can I just tell you, it's not the the availability, it's that we're trying to find them in the wrong sources. They're found in the house of God. They're found in the presence of God. They're found with the power of God. They're found in the life found in Jesus Christ. They're found in the life that's given to you to walk in lives of right, ways of righteousness. It's given to you. You can walk this way. You can accept this life because it's a gift. You have to earn his grace. You live out his grace. You don't have to work to be an influence. God's already put enough gift in you. God's already put enough calling on you. God's already put a vision and a plan for you. You just live in it. You just walk in it. And there you'll find freedom. And power comes when we accept the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. It's for freedom you've been set free. So if you're not bound today, if you feel bound today, can I tell you that it's in Jesus you find freedom? The person of Jesus, freedom. And freedom isn't free, but Jesus already paid that price. Jesus already did that. And it's something that we believe and receive. We don't work to achieve. We receive his favor. We receive his goodness. And when we realize that we've received, we can then flow. The word influence, it's from a Latin word, a combination of Latin words. It basically means inflow. And then we have what we have known as influence. Inflow. If you feel dry, today is your opportunity for inflow. Flow from God, from the Spirit of God, who always fills you to overflowing. Like you said in 23 5 in Psalms, for my cup overflows. In the presence of enemies, I can be anointed, I can be, I can receive the Spirit from of God and my cup would overflow. Isn't that amazing? Even when we feel that we're bound, we can still overflow. And that's exactly what influence is. It's when we use what we have and we flow into the people around us. There's no islands in the kingdom of God. Sometimes when we go through hurts and go through pains and we feel that nobody understands us, we feel that we're on our own in this. So what we do is we island we have ourselves on the island and we just cut off the supply chain. So then we, we just, like 
um, I said before, um, like the like the sinful nature will die because it cuts off everything, every source of life, and then it'll just use up its resources, and then that's it. But with God, there's an eternal source of life. John 15:1 says that I am the vine. Jesus talking. I am the true vine. It's in Him we have fullness of life. It's in Him we have a continual source of influence that we can outflow. It's in Him that we find we find freedom because whatever we go through that tries to take from us, we realize that He's given us so much already. He adds to your life. Doesn't detract, He adds. And when and when God flows into your life, the natural natural response to that is to overflow, is to outpour. You'll find that you'll love people and they when they just when they say things about you, you'll love them. Why? Because it's an overflow of what God's doing in you. You don't have to work to do it when you just receive it. Just receive God. Just receive his favor. Receive his vision. And then when you do that, you'll actually find your lifescape opening up because you're seeing it as God's seeing it. You're living out of God's power, not your own, which will, which will come to an end. But you're actually living out of what's eternal. You're living out of what is, is more powerful and, and has a resource that you, can't, that you can't actually exhaust. It actually keeps going. That's God perpetual. He keeps going. He keeps adding. He keeps pouring. He keeps moving. He keeps loving. There's a love unending, a faithfulness that cannot, cannot be denied. He cannot deny himself. He loves and it's out of who he is. And when we come to our lives, sometimes you just look so internally. I mean, I've been through just one of the most interesting seasons it's just been just when I think about it how things have happened and and all this I just can't put my head around it but all I just know is that God provides all I know is that God leads me when God leads me I can be assured when God leads me it's it's not in my strength it's in the 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 provision of my shepherd it's in the wisdom of my shepherd. It's the power of Jesus in me. It's not, I, didn't, I can't manufacture anything. It's Jesus working in and through our lives. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website, www.junctionchurch.com. God bless.